0: This morning's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1-12. through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Miss Tracy. Please pray with me. Holy God, send your spirit upon us. That as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. It's good to see you all this morning. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So, um, did I happen to tell you that I ran a half marathon a few weeks ago? I mean, did, I, did I tell anybody that? I did. With my friend Trudy, and we did it! Trudy's even looking for another half marathon for us to get in the calendar so we can train for another one. We worked so hard, and I am really, really proud of us. There have been some moments, though, that I've kind of shrugged a shoulder and thought it wasn't that big of a deal. Now this is not me trying to be humble in any sort of way. But when we showed up the Friday before our race on Saturday, there were a bunch of people there that had these, you know, shirts or tags or whatever that said Dopey Challenge. I was like, Dopey Challenge, what is that? And there was a Goofy something too, Goofy Challenge. I don't know. I was like, what are these things? Finally, I stopped somebody, and I was like, what is the Dopey Challenge? And they were like, oh, it's you know the challenge where somebody runs all four races, meaning the 5K on Thursday, the 10K on Friday, the half marathon on Saturday, and the full marathon on Sunday. That totals over 40 miles. It's something like 48-point-something. And suddenly, my meager 13.1 just didn't seem to be all that impressive. Theodore Roosevelt is credited as saying, Comparison is the thief of joy. Evan Rauch says, other people's lives seem better than yours because you're comparing their director's cut to your behind the scenes. And Dee Dee Artner said, when you start comparing with others, you fall into a trap with no way out. But comparisons are not all Bad. In fact, comparisons may be an important part of our mental makeup in a society. According to Psychology Today, social comparison theory is the idea that individuals determine their own social and personal worth based on how they stack up against others. When individuals compare themselves to others as a way of measuring their personal development or to motivate themselves to improve and, in process, to develop a more positive self-image, comparisons can be beneficial. So sometimes looking at others as models and wanting to be like someone we admire can be a good thing. We can be inspired by someone who has certain attribute that we um, admire or who made a positive change. And because they did, we can too. Inspiring. However, it's a slippery slope. Because as we start to measure ourselves against others, we began to kind of see a continuum of people, maybe kind of an up-and-down continuum, of people that range, you know, worse than me, better than me. This can promote not only judgment and competitive attitudes towards others, but can also make you develop negative feelings about yourself. But social comparison is something that is deeply embedded into our culture. It's a desire to keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians or that frenemy on Facebook that seems to have a nicer house, a more loving spouse, and way better behaved kids than you do. Our scripture today, commonly known as the Beatitudes. Tracy read for us, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the poor. Sometimes the Beatitudes have been looked at as a moral checklist. David Loes writes, sermons following this interpretive line will typically urge their hearers to live a Beatitudes kind of life or employ some other moralistic and simplistic slogan. The idea is that you don't quite measure up. Quite frankly, it's not, it's hard not to be a little sympathetic to the pull of this reading. This is Matthew, after all, who is prone to defining the Christian life in terms of behavior. This is David Lowe still speaking. And the Beatitudes do indeed lift up particular behaviors, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, being merciful, these are admirable and lend themselves to exhortation. But while I can imagine imploring folks towards some of these ideals, it feels like it makes less sense to urge other Beatitudes as actions. Go be meek and somewhat ridiculous when it comes to others still be mournful. Nadia Bowles-Weber, I don't know if you remember this, back in the fall we were talking about the Beatitudes and we kind of learned a different way of looking at the Beatitudes from Nadia Bowles-Weber. She shows them in a different light by saying, because what if the Beatitudes aren't about a list of conditions we should try and meet to be blessed? What if these are not virtues which we should aspire to, But what if Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek? As not instructive, what if it's performative? Meaning the pronouncement of blessing is actually what confers the blessing itself. She goes on to say, what if Jesus is actually offering blessings, abundant blessings, to the people who are in the audience who are often not thought of. Those people who are poor, who are hungry, who are seeking mercy and justice. So maybe Jesus, she says, is actually just blessing people especially the people who never seem to receive blessings otherwise. I mean, come on, doesn't that just sound like something Jesus would do? You get a blessing, you get a blessing, you get a blessing. 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 In a world of social comparisons, Jesus throws convention out the window. He's not lifting up a new yardstick for us to measure ourselves against hey, you haven't haven't thirsted thirsted for justice or or righteousness righteousness enough this week. But instead, Jesus is blessing each person where they are. Because none of the Beatitudes are really anything we want. None of us want to be mourning. None of us want to be poor. But sometimes those are the places that we find ourselves And in those places, Jesus is throwing out blessings. Sad and mourning, you do not have to wish yourself into a different place. Where you are is a place of blessing. Frustrated with finances, life, relationships? You don't have to wait for things to be better, to receive blessings from God. They're yours. Angry at injustice and equality in the world? Don't feel bad about how your emotions are playing out. Blessings abound in the struggle. These blessings are not anything so flippant as to say, oh, you'll learn so much from this experience, or good things come out of bad. It's Jesus saying that wherever you are, whatever is going on, God will meet you there, and God will bring all the blessings like a friend bringing hot chocolate and cookies and warm blankets, God brings comfort and grace and peace and deep love. And to that, there is no comparison. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.